This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Wills Couture, IT expert at Newcore Steel and instructor at Holmes Community College, and Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Now, technology is everywhere. It affects how we live, work, play, and most importantly, learn. So today our topic is technology in the classrooms. We'll discuss everything from smart boards and tablets to YouTube lectures and more. Now, we're still taking your personal tech questions, so the number to call is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email us at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Well, good morning, fellas. Good morning. Speaking of, you know, all this, uh, this school tech Everyone's getting back to school today. So has everyone noticed all the traffic getting a little bit heavier? Notice it. I mean, it actually, it started, I want to say, Friday a little bit. But yesterday, uh, I didn't even attempt to get on the highway. Oh, my gosh. It's just it's just nuts. You know, I guess everyone getting used to the new, uh, you know, getting their kids to school. Especially the elementary schools were kind of crazy. But And then, of course, the flood on social media of everybody's first day of school. And my wife is basically losing it because this was my son's last first day of school. He's entering his senior year. Daughter is going to be entering her sophomore year. And she, she did not take the pictures. Please tell me she did not take the pictures. Oh, yeah, she took pictures, but she was a mess all day. So being a good husband, um, I came home with chocolate. I mean, that's just because that's what you do, right? I mean, you know. That's what you do. Yeah, I mean, you know. Wife's upset, chocolate. Just kind of throw chocolate well, in the room and run away real quick and you're safe. True. Well, my daughter's first day of high school was today. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yay. I'm, I think I'm more nervous than she is or was. She, I texted her just about 20 minutes ago and told her I love her, have a great first day of high school. And she texts back. She's like, thank you. And she was like, do not walk in with me. Please just drop me off in the front. Mm-hmm. And um, so oh, that I started did. in middle school for us. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, oh, yeah. us too. So I never I mean, but I was very active in her middle school, as you know. But this I'm going to take a back seat. And um, this right now and just get acclimated to what's going on in high school and be a basketball mom. And that's what I'm going to do. So I'm excited for her Uh, new, uh, you know, new transition for me and her. So I'm excited. Yep. And uh, Jeremy, how's your morning been? Um, My morning's been good. Um, You sending the dogs back to school? Now the dogs, uh, they're they're still doing homeschool. Okay, um, cool. But yeah, cool. this 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 part of the year always creeps up on me because I don't have kids. I do have nieces and nephews, and of course I have Facebook, and everybody's talking about it. But uh, I, I it never ceases to amaze me how quickly this part of the year comes, especially this year. Well, I do want to say that uh, last week, Wilt, we missed you very much, but uh, Jeremy and I we spoke about. Back to school tech, and of course, that was what we do every year. We talk about the latest tech and back to school. And Jeremy, you gave some great tips on what type of laptops to purchase for your student. Now, if you missed that show, please listen to the podcast on mpbonline.org/slash everyday tech. He gave great tips on what type of computers or laptops to buy, what type not to buy, the gigabytes, and the whole nine. Yeah, you know, and that's one of the biggest questions I think. Um, I was actually talking with one of my coworkers yesterday, and that that seems to be one of the biggest questions. I end up seeing, and especially around this time of year, you know, a um, few people, you know, kids getting ready to go off to college, especially. So me and one of my coworkers, we spent a lot of time on the different college sites looking at computer recommendations and then coming up, you know, so many of those will actually recommend to you what you need for XYZ program and, um, you know, just trying to help some of our teammates out up there. So, true. so yeah, and it, and it, and it changes and you got to kind of keep up with that, we and, do. Uh, you know, and Jeremy's a rock star like that. That's just how he rolls. <laughs> he does. You know, and and mm-hmm. last week, I, I have to say, we didn't even get to talk about solid-state drives, which is like a huge shame because that's a major part of fast computing these days. We didn't. But you know what? We can actually incorporate that in what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about technology in the classrooms, how technology has changed the way we teach, how it changes the way teachers teach, and how 
students learn from elementary to college. And uh, Wilt, yeah. you're a teacher and a student, and I'm a grad student, so we really use technology and rely oh, yeah. on it to help us maneuver through this graduate school and your accounting and, and then the way you yeah. teach. Yeah, I mean, it's it's... It's changed the entire landscape. So, yeah, it's yeah, very gonna, interesting. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. But first, we're going to talk about hot topics in tech. This week in tech. So I'm going to throw the ball to you guys first. Do you have any hot tech topics you want to talk about? I'm just going to listen to the music right now. I'm kind of just digging that. You know, i got a little dance going on. Jeremy, you're missing the dance, man. You the know, hot we'll, topic that, dance. That's usually like the we're going to break music. So ah. I was confused. I was like, <laughs> we need to stop talking. No, right? that's our hot, to- hot tech topic music. See, we're shifting things up now. We are. For I the was new actually year. dancing. Uh, I was with you guys. <laughs> well, we could, we could tell. I, I could kind of hear it a little. I could hear it in your voice. You, oh, had, you wow. had some moves going. You had some steps. Well, I got I, the moves. Well, I have a new uh, tech story this week. Um, I have two of them. Let's start with this one. It's very interesting. Uh, Jeremy, I know you would find this real interesting. You know, you talked about um, uh, those drones. We had the drone show, and you mm-hmm. really are into drones. Well, the Army is buying microwave cannons to take down drones in mid-flight. I believe that. <laughs> and, of course, we don't want to be too political, but it's um, it's relevant in the wake of the apparent assassination attempt against the Venezuelan president. So because that happened, the U.S. Army has a new plan for microwaving drones out of the sky. You know, I, I think it's funny because they're like, yeah, we have a new plan. No, 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 no. They, they've had technology. They're just letting you know now that drones are becoming an issue, it's going to be used. Mm. And I think it's cool because before we were using nets, and that's a little primitive, you know. Mm-hmm. But now we're using microwaves. That's what I'm talking about. I thought we were you using 12 gauges. <laughs> we weren't using 12 gauges on those. I thought those actually worked pretty good, too. They were too. doing that, too. They were doing that, too. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, drones, more and more and more. You have your consumer-grade drones. You have some definitely, I guess you could almost call them consumer professional-grade drones, um, until you start getting up into where the military level of drones really get, and those get get pretty beefy. And um, you know, and let's just be honest: when it comes to technology, there's a lot of technology that's actually used uh, in the United States around different political figures. For example, you know, cell phone jamming and everything else, and and it's things that we need to do because you know, with every positive of this technology coming out, there's probably somebody out there that'll use it for bad things. I mean, you know, I think drone, drones are absolutely great, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of scary if you think about it that somebody thought of, hey, let's bring some explosives in close to somebody. Because if you've ever really seen a drone out flying, they're kind of hard to pick up in the sky if you don't, you know. Uh, it doesn't take much for them to disappear. And, uh, yeah, microwaves, I mean, taking over for the old 12-gauge, you know. Mm-hmm. I really thought a good 12-gauge and a little pump action, take them down. But. You know, um, speaking of drones, I do want to give a shout-out to the city of Jackson. Their uh, initiative, the uh, campaign that they just did for the um – vote we just had yesterday the video footage was so cool i don't know if anyone watched that on instagram you know they used a um a uh, drone to take the area footage mm-hmm. and they it was so neat and it just made me think about how far we've come with you, the use of uh drones and how the footage you can get in the uh oh my god it was beautiful of oh, jackson yeah. the city of jackson it flew over the uh capital and things like that and it was really nice. I was yeah. like, wow. Drones are a lot of fun, and um, you can get a relatively cheap one to have a decent experience and even get some decent video from it. You just got to make sure that you're flying in airspace that you're allowed to fly in, which is what the whole microwave thing is really about. And when it comes to what brought that about, uh, as far as our president being somewhere, if they put out a TFR – and the president is in the area, you're not supposed to fly a drone within 30 miles of that area. Mm. So I wonder how that drone got mm, well, close to that president. Well, yeah. Venezuela, a little bit different rules. They have it a whole is. bunch of other problems going on down it there. Is. Yeah. Well, yeah. What do you guys think about Google adding AR core support to their Chromebook Tablet 10? Well, they're just stepping up the uh, capabilities of the Chromebook. I mean, you know, speaking of back to school, I mean, you know, Chromebook, uh, t- again, a teammate and I were talking the other day. For certain applications, it's a wonderful thing, and the more power you're getting in there, it just makes it um, that much more of a viable device. AR Core is really neat, and and basically what it is is uh, it's it's creating 
a virtual classroom with the cameras in your tablets or your uh, or your Chromebook, for example, so they can make it appear that something is in the classroom that's not actually there to aid with teaching. Uh, I I think that's incredible. It is. And I mean, just piggybacking on what we're going to talk about today, that's what we're talking about, how technology has changed the way we teach. And I'm going to make a point in just a minute when we get back, because if you look at every child walking around with their cell phone or walking around with their tablet, so how would, why would you not teach that way, teach the way they learn? That's what they're doing. They're learning with the technology. They're learning phones. That's what they know. So teach what they know. Right. A lot of older teachers kind of saying, well, I'm I'm used to teaching my way. But you got to come up with the new time. You have to change with the times. I mean, that's just what it is. I feel that's my opinion. But when we get back, we're going to uh, continue talking about tech in the classrooms. But guess what? I have a question. What is the what is one of the most revolutionary educational tools ever invented? Let me ask you one more time. What is the most what is one? Because it's a lot. What is one of the most revolutionary educational tools ever invented? Well, we'll tell you when we return. Plus, we're still taking your personal tech questions at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. This is Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people on MPB Think Radio. Can't get to a radio? Well, don't worry. MPB Think and Music Radio are available online and on our MPB public media app. It's simple. Just log on to our website at mpbonline.org to get started. This is MPB Think Radio. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Everyday Tech, the tech show for everyday people. I'm Michelle McAdoo with our tech experts, Wilts Couture and Jeremy Thompson. And today we're discussing technology in the classrooms. Now, if you'd like to join our conversation or ask any general tech question, the number to call is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Now, before the break, I asked, what is one of the most revolutionary educational tools ever invented? Now, Jeremy, you seem to have one of the answers. <laughs> I think so. I think I got this one. Hope you're not looking See, at the script. <laughs> I'm not looking at the script. Uh, wait, I should be looking at it. No. <laughs> no, but okay, all right. My guess is the printing press. Huh, interesting. Oh, nice. Interesting thought. It yeah, is, to be able to make is. some books and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But let's go back a little further. I actually posed this to Kevin, um, our assistant director of radio here. We were talking, and he got it on the second guess. But uh, the first, he said projectors. He was thinking that too. It's the blackboard in 1801. Now, James Fillins, I hope I'm saying his name, his last name correct, Fillins, uh, he was the headmaster and geography teacher at the old high school in Edinburgh, Scotland. Now, he created this invention uh, when he hung a large piece of slate on the classroom wall. But Kevin and I were talking. Think about this, fellas. How do you get a lot of information to more than one person? That's what he thought about. He sat right. down and said, I have to get some some information to more than one person. That's that's forward thinking right there, especially in 1801. Yeah, you know, and and while we probably we really don't see chalkboards in and of themselves much anymore, 
that same concept is is almost a permanent staple in Take any it is. in any classroom. You either have a dry erase board, you have some of the smart boards used with projectors. The whiteboards now they're called yeah. whiteboards, smart boards, and we're going to talk about yeah. actually all of the uh, technology that they use now that actually we didn't even have back when our when we went we to high school. Tra- we still had, we had boards. boards, right? We had chalkboards. I, I graduated in ninety two, so now they were. They were white, but they used the dry erase markers and things like that. That's still low tech yeah. compared so, to what they use now. Go I ahead. think it's funny uh, if, uh, if if that guy were to be in a time machine and come to today's times and see the classrooms, he'd be like, sweet heavens, where are your blackboards? <laughs> well, how are you going to punish the students by making them bang out the erasers? <laughs> you guys are funny. That was funny. I like that, Jeremy. I didn't know you did impressions. Oh, yeah. Uh, where's my... <laughs> Java, I need my drum. Uh, my what is it? Uh, but I'm bumped. Yeah, I need that. Rim, Rim shot. There it is. Keep it on hand, uh, Java. But let's first define what technology is in relation to education. Uh, uh, Jeremy, technology in relation to education. Well, the two have to be married together uh, now, especially because everything is done on the computer, from research to typing papers to graphic design. Uh, to stealing graphics off the internet. Uh, I mean, uh, you do everything on the computer or with technology when it comes to education. In fact, most schools are doing away with books because they're heavy and nobody wants to carry them anymore. I agree with that. I would like that. I mean, to have the e-books and, um, I mean, kids now are born knowing, (laughs) Java and I, we laugh at this joke. Kids know how to use a tablet (laughs) before they're one years old. Yeah, but, you know, I kind of get torn on that a little bit. I've noticed even with my kids, you know, like I said, I got uh, my son's about to be a senior, daughter's a sophomore. And when it comes to, like, reading assignments and stuff, especially, you know, like for uh, literature classes and things like that, they instead of getting the the digital version of it, they actually prefer the printed version because they can make column notes. It's just something about having that there. And you know, myself going back to school, I'm kind of I'm kind of on the fence with that because I mean, all my books are being delivered to me digitally, but I find myself printing some stuff out because I just it's still just something that is something about paper. It's like I, I'm the paper queen. They call me the paper queen around here. I'm the running joke. Java laughs, uh, especially Jason. Yeah. They come in my office and they laugh. I don't know what it is, but I'll get a digital book, like you said, uh-huh. especially last semester, and I still print, print out the chapter that we're going to go over the, that night. I don't know why. What is that about? Well, she's like even even just before the show today, uh, you know, she was going to give me the script on over here. She's like, oh, I'll go and print I was like, we well, can just email it to me. I can I look say? at it on my phone. It's like, no, we're going to print it. <laughs> you know? I, I feel and, like if but, it's not real unless it's in my hand. I don't know. Maybe that's weird. But uh, anybody else may, you know, think uh, like me. Uh, but I really do. I just like to have that in my hand and read it. But you're right. Shakespeare, especially when they get into uh, Shakespeare and literature mm-hmm. and things like that. Imagine back in our day reading um Shakespeare on a digital tablet or an e-reader. That was, it, it just wasn't know, the same. It's not the same. But but at the same time, I mean, you know, I, I say that to also say that in the whole digital age of everything, it has made – we we got to remember, and that's where I think technology really has, has come into its own in the classroom, is that what works for me or you does not work for everyone. Right. And it's it's about having those options. So – even though, yes, I do receive the digital copy of the books, I do have the option of getting the printed, the printed version. Mm-hmm. So, it, it's uh, technology is allowing us to to move into that. You know, it's not one size fits all. Right. It's, it's make it fit for you. There are certain things. There are certain classes that I've taken where I find I don't need the book. That going through there and having the digital version where I can it can be more dynamic content. It can be updated more readily. You know, it really does have an advantage. So we're we're able to get away from that, again, that one-size-fits-all aspect. And what we talked about earlier, students use their cell phones the majority of the day. So why not gravitate towards what they know? Most right. students, doesn't matter how old or young, everyone now normally gra- gravitates towards technology. So we should teach that way. And technology serves different purposes in the classroom rooms. We'll get to that in just a minute. We're going to go to the phone lines and speak with Carolyn from Ridgeland. Good, good morning, Carolyn. Hey. How you doing? I'm fine. Um, I have been reading about uh, all the recommendations for, I think they call it two-factor authentication or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I, I have my bank account and credit card set up on my iPad so that I can, you know, use my fingerprint. But then it occurred to me that there is still a single password out there. How does one set up two-factor authentication? So you need to go to your bank's website and go right. to probably the security section. And okay. there will be an option there. Now, when you set up two-factor on your iPad, or once you set it up for the first time, there should be an option to add that device as a an authorized device so that you can still just scan your fingerprint. Uh, but if you sign in on any unknown devices, it will prompt you for the code whenever you do that. Yeah, and the important thing to remember is that different providers – um, you know, different banks, different programs, et cetera. There, there's, uh, there, again, there's not a one size fits all on that. So it really can depend um, on on your bank, on your credit card provider, on your financial institutions of how they implement that. Um, but generally, exactly like, you know, the, your first stop is always going to be go to, go actually to their website. Don't follow a link. Actually type in their yeah, website to make right. sure you're going to the right spot. And uh, see where they have it, because yeah. And for so those you who don't use the app, oh, I mean, I use the app all the time. Okay. Um, okay. And like for example, like when me going into my bank app on my iPhone, um, it does the facial scan as well as me putting the PIN number in. Um, that's just you know that's how. For example, I, I'm I'm with Bank Plus. That's the way that they've actually implemented it, and it works works really really well. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. You've answered my question. Well, thank, thank you, you. Carolyn. And Carolyn, if you um actually you're a listener of the show, uh, next week I believe we're going to do banking technology. So if you listen to that show, we'll talk about everything from um, how the banks use technology, and and of course we'll incorporate your question today. The two. Um, um, double Dual factor authentication. two factor authentication and what websites not to go on and all of that. So if you listen next week, we'll answer more questions about banking technology. That sounds great. All right, thank you, thank you for calling. Bye. All right. Well, before uh, we spoke with Carolyn, we talked about how technology is being used in the classroom and what is it used for. So it serves different purposes. One purpose can be, and of course, uh, Wilton and I talk about this a lot, used in communication devices for students that have limited verbal abilities. Well, you know, yeah, exactly. It's, it's um, again, by it being able to kind of get out of that one-size-fits-all status, it's able to recognize that there are different children, different adults, different people that need a different approach. So, um, you know, we've had a couple of shows in the past about, you know, children and adults with autism, um, hearing and vision impaired. And again, technology is able to bring education and level that playing field to ensure that everyone gets an opportunity to learn in the way that works for them. And you know what? Hey, if, if way A doesn't work, you can always flip over here to way B. And, and try different things and really adapt that. And I think that's really kind of revolutionized it for teachers as well because mm-hmm. it, it gives them just another tool. And, and in a lot of ways, it could probably, you know, maybe it can make it a little bit easier. It does kind of drag our, our teachers into making sure that they're staying up with some things. I mean, they have to they have to put in some of the legwork for it. But at the same time, I mean, think about it. What is, you know, all those wonderful teachers out there, what is one of their big goals? They want to make an impact on people. They want to make an impact on children. And this just gives them that extra tool to do that. Right. And then technology can be used as a research tool for class projects to enhance the lesson. So you just made a point. It It's a catch-22. The teachers actually have to be taught differently. And when when a person is going to school nowadays and wants to be a teacher, they're taught differently. It's yeah. really technology-based. Uh, you have to go into to the classroom knowing how to use the technology to teach the children. But if you've been teaching for 40 years, maybe longer than that, and you're setting your ways, some of the teachers um, are saying, you know, I don't really like the way this all this tech is going. I like the old way. I like to have my board, and I like to teach them that way. I like a real book. And, you know, but, again, you have to – Grow with the times. Well, yeah, I mean, but and, and there's not. Then we're not saying those those mm-hmm. old ways still have a lot of value. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm kind of you know I like that with me teaching up at uh, up at Holmes Community College. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of my students sometimes are not your quote unquote traditional students. I'll, I'll end up with some older students in there that actually they don't prefer know. that way <laughs> yeah. as well. Or they don't even so, know how to maneuver as well as the younger ones, you know, right. on the computer. And well, we have they're that better. They're, in my, they're in computer classes. <laughs> they but, uh, but, but no, you're absolutely right. So, um, again, it does kind of put that onto the teachers as well as onto the students to realize that you have to be able to adapt and, and, but that's the same in any career any of us are doing out here as things are changing. and But again, it doesn't take away from, hey, there's a lot to be said for the books. I mm-hmm. still use a whiteboard. But you mm-hmm. know what? In my office, I have a big whiteboard. You know why? Because I have to still write things out and keep myself on track. Right. So uh, it, it's, again, another tool in that toolbox. Um, but again, it just it highlights not everyone learns the same. Mm-hmm. Not everyone needs things in the same way. So the more that you can actually leverage that um, – the better. Yeah. All right. We're going to go so, to. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Jeremy. We have. Uh, go ahead with yeah, your comment. We were uh, we were talking about search engines. Uh, there's a really cool uh, or research actually. Uh, there's a really cool tool out there or an infographic called Get More Out of Google. If mm-hmm. you'll just search that, you'll find the infographic, and it will give you all kinds of various tips on how to search Google more effectively. Uh, on how to hone in on your results based on a website or certain key result or key terms that you want to use. It's really powerful, and if you know how to use Google properly, you can find just about anything you need. Now, you know what, Jeremy? I mean, you're giving away the ultimate tech tool. I mean, that's, that's really what us IT guys are really good at is well, we're, we're good I at Google. I say that. Well. I, just, I just sort of, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, I said you can get more out of Google, but I, I didn't say that, that it was us, but... Yeah, you let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, we use Google more than we use screwdrivers and our own brains, probably. Wow. And, you know, I think they were talking about that. um, I heard uh, the Fix-It guys in their office this morning talking about that. I think I heard Dale talking about how they used to go on um, Google, but you can't get everything you need. When you talked about that, Wilts. Well, you got it, yeah. But um, we're going to actually take a quick break. But before we do... um, I'm going to talk about, uh, I actually want to implement a new segment. It's called A Moment in Tech History. And, Alan, I promise when we get back, we're going to come to you because I know you have great comment. So, A Moment in Tech History. On August 8th, 1980, the Project Chess Team at IBM shows a prototype microcomputer to their corporate management. Management gives approval for the team to build an operational computer within one year. And it was completed exactly one year and four days later. Now, Wilt, you say he remember this? Oh, my Lord, yes. I'm kind of showing my age a little bit. But, yep, on uh, August 12th of 1981, they actually came out with the IBM PC. So International Business Machines Personal Computer. The old school, kind of like the original getting into into the household's kind of computer. And, you know, it was amazing. At that time, they thought it would never stick. Nobody would wow. ever want these things. And now, can you imagine where we'd be without them? The IBM PC, introduced to the world in 1981. And the rest is history. Oh, it definitely is. Wow. Well, stay tuned. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. When we get back, we'll go to Alan and Brandon and talk more about technology in the classroom. Stay tuned. This is MPB Think Radio. stick around for the rest of the show you can always catch up by logging on our website at mpbonline.org or use the mpb public media app on your mobile device this is mpb think radio where mississippi is our mission 
back to school means a fresh start, a clean slate. But since teachers rarely write on slate chalkboards anymore, it's a clean laptop or tablet, plus all the other school gear your child needs for a great year of learning. So when you're buying those school supplies, give yourself a great year of learning with all the news and quiz programs you love on MPB Think Radio. Keep those programs coming by rounding up your change from those school supplies. Go to mpbonline.org to see how easy it is. It's going to be a great year. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with our tech experts, Wills Contrer and Jeremy Thompson. Now, if you're just joining us today, we've been discussing technology in the classrooms. Now, if you have any classroom tech questions or comments or any general tech questions, give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email us at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. And as I promised, we're going to go to our good friend, Alan, in Brandon, our next, uh, actually our third consultant. <laughs> good morning, Alan. Michelle, Wilson, Jeremy, how y'all doing? Man, wonderful. Now, how wonderful. you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, doing great. I actually had one of those original IBM PC computers, so yeah, I'm really dating myself. <laughs> I, I used to had, work on them quite a bit. I think yeah. it may have had a whopping 360K of RAM and two 360K Five and a quarter inch disk drive, man. It was a, it was a, it was a towering piece of technology. But for its time, it, it was pretty amazing, though. So, uh, well, you'll uh, never need more than 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 you know that many, that much RAM. I mean, you were you were high rolling then, man. I'm telling you, I when they introduced the hard disk drive, I thought, man, this is this is the best thing to slice bread. So I mean, it just it keeps getting better and better. But uh, yep. yeah, I, okay, I'm almost forty years out of the classroom, so I know it's been a long time. Uh, the, the, the technology that they have today, I, I'm not even sure. I assume that most teachers have their their presentations, and I'm assuming they're still doing the same thing like they used to do. Back in the day, they would write it up on the up on on the blackboard and stuff, mm-hmm. and, and we and we would we would dutifully copy down whatever was trying to be conveyed. And I I still maintain that I think that the writing out process. Mm helps with the learning but but I know it all depends on the individual and stuff I, I somebody handed handed you a digital file that's got all the notes in it, it it's just not the same but uh, I, I assume that's done today I mean d- does the teacher go in and have everything out like all in like a like a PowerPoint presentation or, or like a word document or something they can just pass to their students electronically uh, well does, it really that... yeah it really depends I've noticed um, like with my kids for example, uh, they're both in Rankin County School. They're both over at Northwest Rankin. And the teachers use um, a program called Canvas, which is kind of like this. We use that at Jackson yeah, State. Yeah, a lot of the, uh, the colleges. Blackboard. Every- it used to be Blackboard, and they changed it to Canvas now. Yeah, and everyone and a lot of the junior colleges and colleges in the state are trying to go towards the same platform for everyone. And what ends up happening is the students would actually get, like, you know, what we would normally see, like a syllabus kind of thing. They'll actually start getting those notes digitally. Um, you know, the teacher can put things out and it goes to all the students simultaneously. So it's really become right. kind of a foundation and a platform for them to share those type of things. Um, and, and quite honestly, we see some teachers that seem to embrace it and put more information into it and, and some not necessarily as much. And, and again, that really, um, you know, goes back to maybe that teacher's teaching style or, or the material. But I, I have noticed that uh, exactly like what you're talking about, the material they're going over, they can actually come back at home and see it. I've even seen some teachers that will actually record their classroom session. And, you know, just imagine this. You record the classroom session. Maybe uh, little Johnny was out that particular day. He, you know, sick, doctor's appointment, what have you. And then they're able to go in, go back online that night and look at the lesson that they missed. Yeah, they may not be able to talk back at that particular point, but at least they're not missing information. So, so yeah, they're they're – they're doing some of that. It's definitely gone beyond the classroom of uh, of mine and your day. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and and, I, and I'm a firm believer that once the information is digitized, I mean, why well, have somebody rekey it and stuff? I, I think that's great and that's handy, but the, but 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 ultimately, the people still got to read it and they still got to process it and, and and to learn it and stuff. So, uh, I mean, I think a lot of that happened. Back in the old day, just from just from the process of having to take the notes and stuff. I mean, you mm-hmm. had to, uh, you had to, uh, you know, you had to like 
activate your brain right. and kind of process the information like in real time as it was being put on the board and stuff and you were copying it and stuff. Like, so, Alan, and you're, yeah. yeah, you're saying like uh, when you're writing it from that pencil to your brain, you're retaining a little bit of it when you're writing it down. Yeah, that, right, that's my right. preferred method. I'm I'm one of those. I like to take notes because if I hear it and then write it, and then see it. For me personally, that just works better for me. That's gonna that's gonna come back to me right. and test. That's gonna I'm gonna get the recall out of that. Uh, I'm a much more visual learner as well sometimes. So you know right, that kind right. of method and, works and, well and for me. Got as many different. I mean, there's different styles of learning, and I and I realize that. So uh, there isn't any kind of right answer for this. You're but, right. You know, you just, as long as you take in the whole the whole mass of stuff and and and, and factor it in and 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 realize that. There's advantages and disadvantages to each of the ways. That I, I mean, that's what's critical. And, and you're right. The teachers, that I imagine the teachers themselves are, are probably as resistant in some cases to the technology because, let's face it, all the young folks all seem to take the stuff like, like, like ducks to water. But uh, you know, I, I think sometimes the teachers are a little hesitant to, to make everything digital. So yeah, it's 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 like you say. Tools in the tool belt, you know, make yeah. them work for you and stuff. So you're right. Uh, well, and what's really yeah. what's really cool also is some of your um, <clears throat> some of the publishers of books out there. They're actually readily they're taking some of their material. It's a lot more than just a book now, and they're actually taking materials and and so for some classes for some teachers they can actually upload instead of just uploading the book. They're putting videos up into there. They're putting PowerPoint presentations and. And again, they're just there's so much material being built up out there that teachers can fall back on, and that students can fall back on. And um, it, it, to address exactly what you're saying, and what we've said, Alan, and that is, there are different ways that people like to learn. Yeah. Well, My last question: mm-hmm. are, are 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 the digital textbooks a lot cheaper now? Because you, you got to believe they got a lot less a lot less com- component cost to produce them. So you're not having to to publish a a, a paper behemoth uh, item and, and and press it and, and do all that stuff. So are, are the digital books coming down in price? Well, you know, initially they weren't, and that was a big uh, – that was actually a big stink years ago on that. But what I've kind of noticed, at least with me, with with the online classes that I've taken, actually the the cost of books has actually been included in my tuition now. So, wow. So I'm not actually having to buy books anymore, so not I have a hard mine. time answering that. <laughs> okay. But yeah, uh, to answer your question on my side, um, uh, Alan – an online book, believe it or not, is a little less than if I, I hate to put, you know, I'm not going to say the school I go to, but if I go in the bookstore and purchase uh-huh. the book, that book might be 150 215 I can go online and get the digital book for, like, more than half of that. Uh, I mean, uh-huh. little, I mean uh-huh. less than half of that. What I'm saying is, like, oh, right, right, uh, $50 yeah. or something. I mean, sometimes they're lower than that, and then you, you it has it. A uh, time you can get it, and then a time when it goes away, and that's the semester. Normally, the semester, if you want it for okay. you know half of your semester, you can uh, cater to how you want to um, be able to obtain it. But I enjoy it better. Kind of like it. Yeah. Well, and one thing I've really kind of liked too, and if you still like those paper books, I've done this for a couple of classes. Go on Amazon; they'll actually loan them from Amazon. Yeah. And they'll send you a return label. $16, so. $8, real cheap, yeah. you know. And then you just got to mail it back at the end. I did that one time. I was so nervous. I'm like, I'm going to order this book and I'm going to return it. But it actually was smooth. They sent me, like you said, the shipping label, to the return shipping label, and it worked out. But uh, thank you, um, Alan. We love your comments and your questions on the show. Uh, you just add a great element to the show every week. All right, we're going to move to Jackson and speak with Larry. Good morning, Larry. Hello. Hi, thanks for calling the show. You have a question or comment this morning? I got a comment. Back in the 80s, right after uh, IBM came out with the PC, Radio Shack came out with their version. Uh, the old Model 1 had a big, humongous floppy disk for the data storage. Then they did the Model 2 and then Model 3, and I had a Model 3 that had 32K memory, 32 and you were you were screaming, Larry. That was that was lightning fast, man. You could boost it, double it too. So we got sixty-four k, and with it, I had an accounting program, a payroll program, and the earliest version of Excel, which they called VisiCalc back then, which was mm-hmm. super. Man, it was super. <laughs> we loved it. And then they then they moved up finally to a model one thousand, which was PC compatible. With the uh, earlier ones were not, but the newer the Model 1000 was PC compatible, and you could use PC programs and Radio Shack programs. Wonderful right. thing. And they were cheap and reasonable, and 
I don't know what happened to Radio Shack. Fine, they lost out eventually, but they did. I, I think online kind of knocked. Uh, it, it's yeah. I mean, it kind of exploded from there. I mean, of course, you had the the infamous the TRS eighty, the Tandies. With, that was uh, TRS eighty. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, it was just, uh, yeah, it just went, everybody got into the computer business at that particular point. And by the way, I, just to really show my age a little bit, I've still got one of those eight and a half inch floppies. It's actually in my <laughs> office up. People look at that going, what in the heck? And yep, it's, it's the original floppy disc. Wow. Yeah. Like an album. Yeah, <laughs> like a record. Much. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it, it, was, I, it was amazing though, you know, that they put the, the computer in the hands of individuals. And not just big companies, you know. And I mean, it was, it was very innovative. Uh, well, it was revolutionary. It changed, changed life as we know it. <laughs> yeah, and I think you really brought up one thing that I think that uh, it really initially made a huge impact for, and that, and that was for those you know dealing with finances. You know, yeah. the idea of being able to utilize spreadsheets and programs to be able to actually help with the calculations, because that's what a computer is always good at. It's always been good at math. Yeah, uh, I, and it can I do was, it very I fast. Accounting for a big farm, uh, and uh, I did the payroll. And we also did depreciation on animals and equipment and stuff like that. And that Visicout took all the work. You know, before you did it on paper and you had to add, and if you made a mistake, you know, you took days looking for it. But with Visicout, if you put the right numbers in, you got the right numbers out. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Larry, for that comment. And stroll down memory, tech memory lane. I like it. I like it. Uh, we're going to take our final break for the day. And when we return, we're going to go to Mikey in Mobile. And we're going to talk about more uh, tech that's on the horizon for classrooms. All right. Now, phone lines are still open, so there's still time to get your questions or comments in. The number to call is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. We'll be right back after this quick break. MPBonline.org is the destination for everything Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Catch up on past shows from Think Radio, check out MPB TV or Music Radio, and become a sustaining member all from one place. Get connected now at MPBonline.org. Back to school means a fresh start, a clean slate. But since teachers rarely write on slate chalkboards anymore, it's a clean laptop or tablet, plus all the other school gear your child needs for a great year of learning. So when you're buying those school supplies, give yourself a great year of learning with all the news and quiz programs you love on MPB Think Radio. Keep those programs coming by rounding up your change from those school supplies. Go to mpbonline.org to see how easy it is. It's going to be a great year. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MVB Think Radio. Thanks for listening. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Wiz Contreras and Jeremy Thompson, our technology experts. Now, we have open phone lines, so there's still time to get your comments or questions answered. The number to call is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email us at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. So today we've been discussing technology in the classroom. We actually went back and talked about the old days and the chalkboard and the overhead projectors and how things have really changed in 2018. We talked about the good part of technology and how it helps the teachers get more information. And, Je- and Wilts just said something, Jeremy, consistent information to more most of the students so it's the same information it's not like jimmy heard this and keisha heard this exactly. keisha wrote down the wrong uh homework assignment if she puts it on canvas or puts it on blackboard on an online or in a media setting everyone sees the same thing and i like that yeah and um it, it just it helps to make sure everyone's on the same page and mm-hmm. and you know we mentioned before about the recording of stuff uh with the program that i'm in right now 
they have what are called cohorts, and that is basically where everybody gets online and meets, and the instructor goes through a lesson for about an hour or so. and But then they record them because they might have done this last week, mm-hmm. and I just started the class this week or what have you, and I can go back and watch those recordings and – it just really does make and a huge can, difference. And in your pace, say you want to pause it, you want to go back, rewind, you want to, what did he say? Or well, yeah, but, well, It's like, a different way of, like you said, learning. Exactly. And like what I found myself doing, um, you know, the program that I'm in is all self-paced. So it's however I want to go with it. And so what I've done with some of those different videos, if there's not really a visual element of it that I'm really needing to look at, I find myself, I'll actually kick off the video on my phone and listen across the radio during my morning and afternoon commute. That's, you know, time that I have that normally I'd just be kind of brain dead listening to the radio and getting frustrated with drivers. You're right. So. Well, we're going to go back to our phone lines uh, and start with Mikey in Mobile. Good morning, Mikey. Good morning. Um, I have to admit, because it's far enough behind me now, that I did skim Crime and Punishment in One Night and went in and made a B on the test, okay? You go, Mikey. <laughs> now, I, well, I tried the same thing on an art history test. Um, now, the first one, I uh, I did fine. I made an A on that one. But the second one, I studied for it, and I made a C+. Plus. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, so, anyway, uh, everybody does have different ways of learning and different times of learning. Um, uh, and... Uh, Reviewing is the advantage of books, it seems to me. I totally love to read. I don't watch TV much at all, um, and I totally love to read. And I think that the the real advantage, uh, particularly muscle memory-wise, for kids nowadays, uh, I remember, man, putting the French horn and a stack of books, and I was only four feet seventh tall, you know? I mean, I had to lean over to carry the stack of books from the seventh grade class. So that Ooh. the French one wouldn't drag the ground. So the the ebooks, no backpack damage, you know, yeah. to the mm-hmm. kids. I think that's a really great thing. Um, uh, but a book, a book and notes, you know. Um, I still make notes. I make notes about this program, and then I go back around them. And um, now that um, school supplies are so much more affordable than they were when I was, you know, a kid. Um, uh, well, a younger kid, um, you you can I can go back and highlight and uh, recolor and do my own artistic designs. And I think that the muscle memory itself, the interactiveness of the muscle memory of doing that, is the advantage that the ebooks probably don't have. Mm-hmm. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right, Mikey. Thanks for that comment. Um, it's always good to hear from you, and you make great comments. We're going to move on to Louisiana and speak with Wayne. And we have one more call from John in Mobile after uh, Wayne. Good morning, Wayne. Good morning. Thanks for calling the show. What's your name? What's your question or comment? Excuse me. Yeah, well, what's your name, uh, too? <laughs> I wanted to make a comment. I, first of all, I enjoy the show very much. and um, Thank you. I just don't know. I'm a 72-year-old architect, and um, I don't think there's a profession that has been more profoundly affected by technology than ours. Uh, I can remember having to sit at a drawing uh, table, drawing with a pencil, and um, uh, many changes happened until a computer came along. And now we can... uh, Everything is done digitally, and uh, we can go to our job site, download our drawings at the job site on our phones, and uh, answer questions, look at details. Um, it's just an amazing uh, – I, I, I don't know what's going to happen in the next 10 years, but I'm anxious to see it mm-hmm. myself, you know. So yes. I just wanted to comment on, on how technology has changed our profession. and. Uh, uh, how we use it even uh, today. So, Great comment. Uh, Thank you for that. And like you said, technology changes the way we learn and how we do things every day. Thank you, Wayne, for that. We're going to move on to our last call for today, and that's John in Mobile, Alabama. Good morning, John. Yes, sir. I hope you all had your coffee this morning. <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. I have a comment and a question. A uh, comment concerns... Um, Continued learning. I'm, I found a great resource online called Khan Academy. Oh, K- yes. K- I don't know if it's K-H-A-N or K-A-H-N, but anyway, it, depending on what you want to know, 
that's that's the place to go. I understand that um, that um, Bill Gates actually is a proponent of this Khan Academy. It's it's quite the thing. Now, the quick question for you: um, I'm computer illiterate, so um, this may be too basic a question. But when you when you finish using a computer at night, is it best to shut it down, or is there a security issue involved in just leaving the computer on all night? Um, that's the question I have. I'll take the answer offline. Thank you. Well, you know, that's, uh, that is a question that has divided IT people for years and years and years and years. Um, there's not really an advantage one way or the other, in my opinion. I don't know if Jeremy's opinion is going to go on this. I don't know if he's uh, you know, shooting daggers in the, in the eyes. I'm of the opinion just leaving it on is fine, but it does need to be restarted every now and then. They've gotten so much better with power management. Uh, and also when it comes to Windows updates, they prefer to actually run at night, which is usually the time that you're not using them. So, like, for example, my wife's computer, we leave it on all the time, but, you know, she will restart it about once a week because, let's just face it, Windows computers every now and then need a reboot. Jeremy? I agree. Um, uh, leaving it on or, or putting it in sleep mode is fine. Um, as far as is one way more damaging than the other, uh, in my own personal experience, I have noticed that sometimes when you turn them off, they do not turn back on. Um, it's very odd. It's, it's very strange. They work normally, and then all of a sudden they didn't. Um, so sleep mode would be fine. Turning it off would mostly be okay as well. But uh, there is always that possibility that uh, power supply may just not have enough juice to come back on that one last time. So. Oh, well, you know what? You guys agree on something. Wow. Well, <laughs> no, you guys yeah. normally agree on a lot. But we, we want to, yeah, we do. Um, well, we want to thank you guys for joining us today and thank our board operator, Java Chapman, and our phone screener, the lovely Lori Thompson. Now, if you missed any part of our show and want to hear past episodes, you can listen on our website at mpbonline.org or subscribe to our podcast. For Wilkes Couture and Jeremy Thompson, I'm Michelle McAdoo. Stay tuned for Southern Remedy and join us next week for another episode of Everyday Tech at 10 a.m., the tech show for everyday people, only on MPB Think Radio.